and just like that, it is Thursday already, man. We are rolling into this next weekend. Southwick, I'm going to have a little press day tomorrow, and then Saturday, they'll be racing. Southwick, we'll be back with another race report. Friday, we will have the Last Chance Radio with Moto Man and Kyle. Going to have an early-ass race again. I'm so over these East Coast races, but they're early as F, and it is another one of those. 10 o'clock gate drop, 9 o'clock show starts on the 49. And speaking of moto, man, do we got moto for you today. Coming up in moments, we will talk to the man, the daddy of the 450s. His name is Jet Lawrence. We'll get down with him. We talk to Jet every week because he never loses. And then after that, we're going to go like this. We're going to go Jet Lawrence, and then we're going to slip in a little Levi Kitchen from yesterday, if you missed that. And then right after that, we'll slip in a little Danger Boy Deacon, if you missed that. And then we'll wrap up the show with a replay of the Jet Lawrence interview. Moto, moto, moto. It's a moto trifecta on the 49 for a Thursday. And then tomorrow, we got Chase Sexton and Dylan Ferrandez. And I got a Justin Cooper in there. I, I may not even get to Justin Cooper. Justin may get shelved. Man, that's a lot of moto. I got moto for days. I poop moto. Eat, sleep, breathe, and poop it. Sounds like a two-stroke when I poop it, too. <laughs> I'm nine. You didn't know. I stopped maturing after nine years old. My humor, everything. Everything about me stopped at nine. Except for my fat man growth. I just continue to get larger and larger. I'm like a giant baby Huey. Oh, God. Uh, besides Moto today, we are going to get into a few other things. Like, for instance, I got a fun story of a guy masturbating in a park. And I'm just going to make fun of him, really. I got a person with a very, very famous Bigfoot video has passed away. Not from Bigfoot. Natural causes, they say. But we're going to uh, revisit her story and talk about that. Because I-, I told you, if you listen to the paranormal podcast I did at the start of the week at all, once you see a ghost, or and I imagine it's the same if you see a Bigfoot or what you think is a Bigfoot or a UFO or what you think is a UFO, and you firmly believe what you saw is what you think you saw, you're changed. You're changed. You're different. And so I'm not going to make fun of Bigfoot people. I'm going to talk about them. Uh, I'm going to give you a little more detail on the do and blow in the White House. Yeah, they don't call it the White House for nothing. Everybody chopping up white lines. Grandmaster Flash, they're going to have Grandmaster Flash in there singing up white lines at the next ball. (laughs) I said ball. So we'll get into that. Then I got a lady that, that can't get a job, and I'm going to go ahead and say it's her fault she can't get a job. And we're going to talk about her as well. So I got to get all these stories in, along with all these moto interviews, and cram it all into a five-hour show, which will end at noon Pacific time. I think I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. I know I can. By the way, shout out to everyone listening to the Big 49. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. We checked the ratings yesterday. We have like something like 60 listeners now. Like it's insane. It's it's massive. We've got at least, like we started with three and now we're up to like 60. It's massive. 
What is that? It's like quadzippled. That's what it has. That's the math. I'm pretty sure that's the correct math on that. 49 is rolling along. So is West of Nashville. If you don't know about West of Nashville, check that out. Westofnash.com is our country station. <laughs> and it kicks ass. And it's got no DJs. Got a big old burly-voiced man that does the voiceover. And we got a lady does some too. And that's it. That's all you hear. West of Nashville. And bam, and a good country song. None of that whiny ballad crap. It all moves and shakes. It's awesome. And speaking of awesome, the great Ozzy himself, Jet Lawrence, going to be on the show. Coming up in moments. So stick around. You won't want to miss it. It's our weekly chat with Jet here on the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saturday after the motocross race at Redbud, they had the press conference for everybody that got up on the podium, and they let a fan send in a question that they asked all of the guys, and that question was, do any of you guys have a ritual, like a pre-race ritual, or something you do for good luck, or anything like that? And everybody said no, including Jet Lawrence, who said no, but then he said this. No, not really. I mean, I just have my uh, just my same thing every time before I do my start. I'll, I'll bang my head twice and then kind of uh, yell. So, But besides that, no, we don't have any crazy type of thing like that. Yeah, no type of crazy thing like banging your head against the bars and then screaming really loud. That's not a ritual at all. If you do it before every race... Uh, that's exactly what the question was about. Anyway, I have one too. Every day I bash my head against the wall and scream out at Moto Man and Kyle. It's a little ritual I do. All right, I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show, and right now we are going to sit down with the man on the 450. He is 10 for 10 this season. It is a record. No rookie has ever done that coming into a new class and Jet Lawrence has done it. He's in control of the red plate. He's won every moto, and he's won every race this outdoor season. And he did it again today at Red Bud. Congratulations, Jet, on another great ride. And let's talk about what's happening out there. It seems to be you get a really good start, you get out front, you get a big cushion, and then you manage that cushion. Are you at all worrying about what's behind you or are you just jumping out getting that lead and focusing on what's in front of you and dealing with that not worrying about what's behind you like what's the strategy at this point because it's working um yeah i'm just i'm just focusing forward just focused on trying to hit my marks that second one it took me a little bit to try and find my flow and, and um it was at the worst time trying to find my flow because <laughs> dylan was right there yeah but uh no it's it's been awesome season so far and and obviously Chase is going to get better. It's his first race back since round one. So he's obviously has, hasn't raced in a little while. So yeah. he's going to get better and better. And same with Dylan. I mean, from the first round to now, uh, I even know Dylan's there at first. I seen the pit bull and the gap. I'm like, oh, we got to step it up. But um, yeah. now nah, awesome season so far. Super, super pumped. And uh, just, just make sure we just try and keep those starts good. Because like you said, it just makes it a lot easier on myself just starting up there uh is a is a big key of uh making it a lot easier on yourself all right and you're making it look easy for sure but i know you mentioned on the podium after the race something about lappers and that you're starting to have a problem with lappers and, and truly a lapper could cost you one of these motos finally or even an overall race if it's a second moto like uh well Tell us your take on what was going on out there today with the lappers. Oh, I mean, 
It's just, it's just like they, for me, obviously, we're, we're going fast enough to get around them eventually, yeah. but it's like they, when they see the blue flag, it's like they, they start going down. It's like a sign to do hot laps all of a sudden. So <laughs> I don't know if they need to start throwing the blue flags at them or something, but this, um, they, a lot of guys, a lot of the guys were good. There's obviously every now and then you'll have a good lap, like a lapper who get out of the way and see it. So it's not to all of them, but there's those few guys who just have no awareness around and and uh, they don't know that <laughs> there's another race going on besides theirs. So, I mean, yeah. I almost feel like there should be a rule at, the, at some point in time, if you're how many seconds down, you get lapped and almost getting lapped again, that's <laughs> you almost get pulled off. <laughs> wow. Because at that point, it's just dangerous you're going that slow. So, uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just a pain because... Yes, sometimes it creates good racing, but also it screws over the one guy because he's doing really good and hitting his marks, but then because a, a lapper comes in and, and ends up messing him and get tangled up, I mean, it's very easy to get tangled up with these guys because they're struggling, obviously. So yeah. it's um, it's just, it's just a bit of a struggle because obviously, yeah, uh, us three and obviously the rest of the top five to ten guys are going a lot faster than those guys. So, I mean, yeah. and, and it's like a lot of laps, so... For us, it gets dangerous. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about uh, you and that gap management again. Uh, we'll see you on camera every now and then, you know, looking back and seeing what's going on behind you. Is that how you're judging uh, or managing the gap? Is that what you need to do? Like, do you know where they are at all times, or do you need those moments to look back and kind of survey what's going on behind you? Um. Yeah, I, I was obviously trying just to find my pace and a few times it's got a little bit off balance from just catching a foot peg in the rust because they were so deep and, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I don't really get to see where Dylan is the whole time. So a few times you just get to, to look back and just to kind of roughly see where he's at and that's how yeah. I feel like it helps me manage a lot. Okay, yeah, that section I can see he's a bit faster, that section is, uh, I'm a bit faster. So it's just all going towards like where I'm better and where he's better. So um. But it's, he's a tough competitor. He definitely pushes to the end. So it's obviously, it's hard to try and f figure out where you're better and that stuff. But I just, the biggest thing I tried to focus on was just trying to hit my marks and, um, and just make sure I just get that flow and start trying to time bump stop and not try to like smash everything. So obviously I'm not as big, a, big and heavy guy as some of the other lads. So I gotta be a lot uh, smarter because the bike definitely hits, uh, it, it punches back if I try to push it too much. And let's talk about the bike a little bit. This bike, you have made what seems to be an absolute seamless transition from the, as a matter of fact, you got better. You went from the 250s to the 450s and it seems like you've got better and faster. Is this 450 just absolutely, you know, perfectly suited for your riding style or what is it that's making you so friggin' awesome right now? Um, I think my riding style definitely gels pretty decently with this bike, but I mean, we're still, still learning the bike. It's still, uh, today wasn't the best with a few things on settings, but I mean, the bike looks after us so well with uh, a lot of things and and, and yeah, I think that obviously helps. But I mean, the second one, I think uh, I had to push a little bit more at the start just because Dylan was there and I didn't, didn't have that flow. But I think once once I found my flow, I could go back to like kind of just trying to time things and, and stuff like that. So um, it's not always just kind of smooth sailing through the motos. I mean, I still like when Dylan at the start there, I still had to push a bit. Yeah, and you did and you managed the gap again and you came out victorious and we mentioned uh, right before we started here that you set a record today going uh, 10 for 10. You've had 10 motos, you've won all 10 of them, you've won 
all five rounds of the outdoor season to start in your your rookie uh, season. And it's a record. And do records matter to you at all? Is it all about the championships? Or along the way, are some of these records uh, pretty cool? Um, no. I think uh, for me, if I'm doing my job right, I guess the records will come. But yeah. uh, for me, each weekend, I'm just coming in, just trying to do the best I can each weekend and focus on what uh, I get paid to do and focus on what I need to get done. All right. Well, you're getting it done, young man. You're setting records in the process. They definitely are coming, so you're doing something right. Congratulations on another great day today. Can't wait to see what happens in Southwick next weekend as the competition heats up and everybody's getting dialed in to to see if they can get at the level that you're dialed in at and have been since race one. So congratulations to you and the HRC Honda team, and we'll talk to you next week up on the podium, I got a feeling. Uh, so till then, I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. You guys know that every single day I troll all social media and go through news sites and I'm always looking for something to talk about in the Moto Minutes or something to talk about in the Motocross world or something to bring up for the uh, Moto Show on Saturdays. And I can tell you this week is the most dead week we have ever had in the history of the Big 49 covering motocross as far as news or any news. And I can tell by watching all the other moto media outlets go online and try to troll everyone else with big BS wannabe rumors of people, this is going to happen next year and that's going to happen next year. When we all know it's a crock of crap, no one knows what's going to happen and you won't know till October. You might get some rumors out there and that's what they're trying to do is start some crap so they have something to talk about. And I tell you, this fish ain't biting because we don't know anything till October and no one's telling us crap because I have a big mouth. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute is coming up one hour from now. Oh, you know what this means? I buried the lead. I didn't tell you guys in the last segment that I was going to be talking about UFOs, but here I am with some UFO news. I got some good UFO news, too. I got multiple UFO news stories to get into. Last week, I told you about the Harvard professor, uh, Avi Loeb, who is a guy that discovered what everyone thought was a giant asteroid that was moving past Earth towards the sun. And then as it got closer to the sun, the thing made a U-turn and bolted out of our solar system. And everyone was like, yeah, well, that's not possible. Yet it did it. And Avi Loeb came out and said that was no ordinary space rock. That was under intelligent control. And he made him think it was some type of mothership. Well, the dude then went out last week. He was on a ship out in the ocean off of Papua New Guinea. And they had a giant magnet on the bottom of the ocean where they had tracked down what many people thought was a meteorite that came out and hit the Pacific Ocean in that area about many years ago, actually, for like 2019 or something like that, 2014, 2019, somewhere in there. So that thing came out. Well, they studied it, though, and they realized this thing was coming in way faster and it didn't explode. And they realized it would have exploded at that speed. An iron meteor would have got that hot. It would have exploded in the sky. And so they're like, there's something very peculiar also about the trajectory of it coming in where they thought this might have been like a crashing UFO. 
So Mr. Uh, uh, Professor Loeb went out there with a crew and they got millions of dollars in funding and they got a ship and they got a giant magnet and they went out and drug what they thought was the path of this meteorite. And they collected 51 tiny metal spheres and they were giddy with excitement that they got them. And when I say tiny, I'm talking they were tiny. What they think they were is the thing was so hot from going that speed through our atmosphere that it was literally melting and the metal was melting and dripping into the water and it made a path of debris. And they were able to pick up 51 pieces that are so small you couldn't thread them on a thread to make like a, a bracelet or a necklace out of them. That's how tiny these things are, but the, it's definitely enough material that they were able to get into a lab. And well, since I last told you about this story, that is exactly what these professors have done. They got into a lab and they are saying they are highly, highly confident that this is indeed uh, metallic alloys from beyond Earth and not natural kind, not something that comes in a meteor. They say that this thing withstood 200 megapascals, which is about four times the pressure that crushed the Ocean Gate Titan submersible submarine a couple weeks ago. They say the UFO is traveling over 100,000 miles an hour and it came through our atmosphere and it was nine years ago. And at the same pressure, a meteorite would have absolutely exploded under that much pressure. Yet this thing didn't explode. It started melting, but it never fully came apart. I don't know where the actual craft is or meteor or whatever they think it is. They say what the, the fundamental question of this entire research project is, was it this a meteor? Was this a natural uh, technological in origin? And they say they really believe they are going to answer that question and they believe this is going to prove to be, uh, it was a UFO and they have the material or some metal off of a UFO and they're gonna be able to prove that for the first time ever because everyone knows if the government has one, they're not proving crap and they're not cooperating and they're trying to bury these stories and make them go away. So that's interesting. Now here's bad UFO news. Bunch of senators got together and they're so fascinated with the UFO topic that they have now are, are voting to increase the crap out of the funding for the Pentagon's Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon UAP program. That's not good. And it, it's made me think, remember, the guys that are coming from the Pentagon, Grush, the whistleblower, Lou Alzando. I'm always skeptical of those guys. Why? They came from the Pentagon. The Pentagon are the lying sons of bitches that have been covering this up for 80, 90 years now. That's exactly who's covering this crap up. So now all of a sudden these guys come out and then now they're getting more funding for a Pentagon program? Now tell me that doesn't smell fishy at all. But it, it's not approved yet. They're going to vote on it later. But like Congress is all like, yeah, let's find out. We need more funding and more transparency. That, that's an oxymoron. Those two don't go together. More funding and more transparency. It's more funding, less transparency. And we all know the game. So I, I'm very suspicious on that news. And then I had another story. It was coming out of the, the Times of India. And they were trying to talk about Western allies are being aided by aliens in developing things 
from spacecraft and the entire they couldn't write the article because they would backpedal every five words and say this has to be taken with a grain of salt there's no proof of any of this this is a, a theory this is people hypothesize because of the advancement in aircraft and this and that over these many years and it was a, a really hard read because they couldn't write the damn thing without trying to wash their hands of the entire topic because there is still such a stigma with anything UFO. Anything. If it's UFO, you're, you're a nut job, you're a whack job. It's just like Ghost, just like Bigfoot. Same thing. So, kind of crazy. Up next, let's talk about a famous UFO lady who has passed away, but I want to revisit her story because shine a light on all the crazy people. We're all here. Up next, let's talk to Levi Kitchen and Star Racing Yamaha crew. Big, big, the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ Saturday the 250 class at Red Bud Hunter Lawrence had dominated moto one then he had a really bad crash in moto two and did not finish the race ended up losing the overall for the first time this season and he's now had this quote besides saying he's coming back and he's fine and he will race this weekend out in Southwick. His quote this week now is, the second moto was a bit of chaos after the start. I'm not entirely sure where it went wrong. I didn't hole shot, so I guess that's where it started. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is, part of the sport. I'm thankful it's nothing major. We'll buffer out and we should be good to go. That says that tough bastard with the broken ribs and the hurt wrist is gonna be back on that bike and he's probably gonna win at Southwick. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a Stretch show here on a Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday already. Kind of nice having 4th of July on a Tuesday. It did break the week up. A lot of people had that four-day weekend. This is going to be a super short week, getting three in and then the weekend again. Bam, bam. Love those times, man. All right, let's get into my next story. I talked about UFOs. You know I've done the Paranormal Ghost shows this week on the podcast. May as well go into Bigfoot. All the crazy people are here. Let everybody have a voice. Uh, and by the way, I have talked... I, uh, when I was on Sirius XM doing the show on Maxim, I would talk about Bigfoot sometimes. And the calls I would get out of uh, Canada were amazing. And I don't think people were BSing me. I think there's a lot of people that have seen something in the woods that, you know, these are people that usually that spend a lot of time in the woods. It's not like, hey, something ran out in front of my car and it could have been a guy in a suit, but I think it was Bigfoot. Now, these were people in the woods that would see crap. They would be like, it wasn't a bear. It wasn't this. It was an effing Bigfoot. And I have an empathy for anyone that's witnessed something paranormal. Rather it be a cryptid or an alien or a spaceship or a ghost or a demon or all of that. Because I know firsthand, once you see something that doesn't exist as much as you try to explain it away in your head, and there's people that will explain it away in their head and just bury it and never talk about it again because they don't know how to process it. They don't know how to function with it. I think it's very helpful to talk about it and throw this stuff out there. Uh, let's get back to this lady, though. She was a just a mom here in California, and they say back in 2018 she made headlines when she sued the California Park Service because they came out and attempted to discredit her claim that she had a Bigfoot encounter 
up in like the Lake Tahoe area. So they called her one of the most prominent Bigfoot hunters, and that's because she had video of the encounter. And what happened, she was up on a hiking trail, and she had her two daughters with her, and then they saw something, and it freaked the kids out, and everyone froze. And she's filming, once again, I'm sure it was cell phone video, grainy at best. Something's far away in the woods, kind of standing in the dark. You can see something moving, but you can't tell. Could that be faked? Very easily. But if you are adamant, this is not fake. This is not something I made up. I don't think you're going to sue the California Park Service for saying it was a bear because that's what they said. They tried to discredit her sighting and they said it was a bear. There's no such thing as Sasquatch. And she filed a suit against them. Now, the suit is not successful because you know why? She, as much as they can't prove it was a bear, you can't prove it was a Bigfoot. There you go. But I, I admire the moxie in this lady, and it really brought her to the forefront of the Bigfoot movement. She uh, ended up documenting all kinds of sightings and continuing to do it. And she became a, and that's the thing that that's kind of what with me. I saw a ghost, really got into the paranormal and ghost activity. Like, like that was my thing. I know a lot, a lot about it and the theories and. The way this works and that works, I, there's a lot of stuff I know now from really digging into it. But, and, and that's what you do. You either bury it and act like it never happened and you don't talk about it, or you really dive into it. And this lady dove into it. Uh, her name was Claudia Ackley. She has uh, passed away now. That's why we're talking about her. They found her dead in her house of a heart attack in Tennessee. So apparently after she sued California, she got the F out of California like all great Californians do bounce but she had her dog and her two daughters and voila came right up on what she says was a bigfoot she filmed it she released the footage and then she got ridiculed and she got mocked like everyone does because all the world is filled with a-holes and like i don't think there's a conspiracy to cover up bigfoot i just think there's no proof of it out there and people like to laugh and make funny oh yeah there's a gorilla that lives in the woods she said it was an alpha male Sasquatch. It was looking at her from behind a tree. One of her daughters was filming at the time, and you could hear the kids like, I, I, I want to go home, I want to go home. Like, the kids were scared. And if it was a bear, you just kind of make noise, and the bear will typically go away. This clearly, in their uh, minds, was not a bear and not something they'd ever seen before in the woods. Yeah. So there you go. It is... Uh, she says, by the way, this one, that wasn't even the first time she had seen one. She says the first time she saw one was in Washington with her husband in 2014. Said she saw a small one, which she thought was a juvenile, five-foot-tall Bigfoot in the trees and locked eyes with it. She even made a plaster mold of what she found at the time, a footprint at the scene. So she had hunted them and looked for them, and, you know, one of those things came across it, was ridiculed. And now she has passed away. But I do like that she stood up and sued the California Park Services for basically making her look stupid and saying it was a bear. God. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, anyway, she has passed away and she was a big-time person in the Bigfoot world. And you need those people. You need those people with the nuts to stand up and say, F you, I know what I saw. And, you know, go to hell. Because you've had people that UFO will really ruin your life. 
you see a UFO. There's no government cover-up on Ghost or Bigfoot, uh, but there definitely is on UFOs, and if you see one, they will possibly come at you and make your life difficult. All right, up next, uh, I'm going to do a twofer. How about that? No, you know what I'm going to do up next? I'm lying. I'm going to talk to Danger Boy Deegan, and then I'm going to come back and give you not one but two stories in one segment, and they don't even really go together, but they're fun. And I want to do them. So that's what I'm going to do because it's a Who Gives an F Thursday show on a Big 49. Big 49. It is a stretch show here on a Thursday morning. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for spreading the love, telling your friends. Even get your whorebed grandma in here to listen to the 49. I'm not like talking smack about grandma. I'm just saying she's in an old folks home getting rammed by some strange on the daily thanks to the little blue pill. It's a fact of life. It's 2023. Old people are having sex on the regular. Just bam, 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 bam. Some old dude with balls down to his knees because they just keep growing. Your nose, your ears, and your balls just keep growing as you get older. And by the time you die, there's a possibility your balls are to your ankles. Pretty crazy. You got to wear support garments or those things are going to get tangled up in the mower or something. Grandpa, what happened to him? He chopped his nuts off in the mower. Yeah, he had on boxers. They weren't snug fitting. Yeah, you got to give Grandpa some boxer briefs. Do him a solid. All right, let me give you a couple stories. Uh, this one is good. I told you about it in the Entertainment Report yesterday that the Secret Service was in the White House when they found a bag of white powdery substance in a area of the White House where the First Family lives. And, you know, there's staff everywhere. Doesn't mean it was anyone in the First Family. <laughs> but let's be honest... They tested it, and it was cocaine, and if you weren't, unless you're a moron, you had to say, when was Hunter there last? Well, guess what? Hunter's with Joe Biden this weekend. The entire family is together, and they went up to Camp David. I don't know if they all met at the White House first and flew down together in Daddy's helicopter or what, but if Hunter Biden was in the White House and they just found a baggie of cocaine, I'm going to get five on it. (laughs) I said five on it. It's a rap song about weed. I got five on it that that was Hunter Biden's blow. Now, here's the million-dollar question. They say that the Secret Service is taking this seriously because they immediately think it's freaking some type of poison and it's coming for the President of the United States and they've got to protect them, so they bring it into a lab. That's when they find out it's cocaine. It's not like, you know, something crazy. No, it's, it's cocaine, and it's in a bag. And guess what the bag has on it? Fingerprints. It's now been fingerprinted. Now, I can promise you this. If it is a member of the Biden family, this is the last you'll ever hear of it. They'll say the fingerprint was inconclusive. No way to prove it. This is the White House. You can't tell me there aren't cameras everywhere. They know exactly who put it there. And also, don't be surprised if Hunter doesn't say, hey, man, I'll kick you down a million bucks. Take the fall on this. You got some chef that's like, I'm so sorry. I was doing cocaine in the uh, library. And uh, I apologize to the Biden family and to the country. And he's going to take a million dollars and go back to wherever the hell country it is he's from and live a damn good life taking the fall for Hunter. I'm just saying. It's a theory. It's a good theory. I like that theory. All right, and here's another story I have. I told you I was going to do a twofer. I saw my horoscope. You know, I'm big in the psychic world. I'm the most accurate radio psychic in the history of the world, even though my, my motocross predictions are falling apart. I had Chase Sex and winning it all, and I and I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, let's go in with uh, 
if you're a Gemini, this is what is funny. It says, err on the side of kind during the hot month of July. Words are your gift and your ammunition, and you are equally capable of throwing knives or showing mercy. With everyone under the zodiac wheel feeling the effects of Venus's retrograde, you are tasked and blessed with the mission of whispering sweet everything and praise and compassionate critiques to the world at large. No, no, no. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It is my passion, it is my gift, and I'm throwing hot sauce and daggers, and I'm gonna do it all freaking month, cause that's the true and authentic me. I gotta be the true and authentic me, and that's what I'm gonna do. Daggers and hot sauce, mofos. No one's getting praise and compassion. Eat my nuts, stupid ass horoscope writing mofos. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I don't know if these videos are old that they are posting, but Team Fried and El Hombre are putting up some rippers of him out of Glen Helen, just absolutely shredding it. And I watched his results last week, and he finished seventh, which is very respectable, but he looks like he's riding harder than that in practice, which makes me think maybe he was just kind of getting his feet back, you know, wet and getting back used to racing again. I think we're going to see a lot more out of Jason Anderson before this season is done, and I think we're going to see it coming up in the next week or two because he looks fast as F in the practice videos I'm watching, and that dude can rip. So we'll see what happens this weekend at Southwick. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show. Right now, bump a little ice cube. A little check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, Ice Cube, by the way, is on a tour right now, man. He is coming out against the establishment. He is talking smack. I remember he started his his big three basketball series, and apparently it sounds like the NBA is cock-blocking him, and he, and he does his own music thing, and he probably gets crap from record labels. And Hollywood, he wants to do his own thing, and he's not part of the elite, and he is just blasting everybody, and he is doing it. I'm seeing him all over the place. He's doing podcasts. He's, we got to get him on the 49, because I can tell you what, we're getting the same thing from the radio industry. It's exactly what we are. We get fighting and scratching, and we're not part of the, you know, broadcasters associate. We're, we're, yeah, no, we broadcast. We just broadcast through freaking Amazon and Amazon servers, and we go to the whole world. And if you got a phone, it's coming in on your phone. How's it get there? It's broadcast your phone. Radio's going to be broadcast a completely different way in the very near future, and we are part of that future. So I, I, I got this camaraderie with Ice Cube. But right now, we got to talk about a lady that's got to check herself before she wrecks herself. Because this story is fun one. Her name is Melissa Sloan. She's 46 years old. She's from Wales in the United Kingdom. And she's, well, a big fat idiot. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I can say that because I'm a big fat idiot. And she's, well, she's not really white anymore, but I am white and she was once white. This woman has 800 tattoos on her body. And she is cover her face, her head, shaves her head and tatted her whole head, her whole face. Every bit of her is covered. She says she's never really been able to have a job and that no one will hire her because of her tattoos. To which I say, check yourself before you wreck yourself, fool. That's your fault. 
It's not like you have some disability that people are holding against you and they can be sued for. People aren't hiring you because that you're easy to look at and say, wow, this person makes bad decisions. And I know a hell of a lot of people that got tattoos and they have jobs. But once you cover your face and you look more like a lizard than a human being, you're hard to employ. And I'm gonna be honest with you. If you have tattoos on your face or neck, I judge you. I'm like, ooh, bad decisions. Or you're like so rock and roll and so wild. Now, if you're like a freestyle motocross rider and you're covered in tattoos, that's just part of your thing. But you also got a gimmick and you have got a a, a job or a company. If you, you could look like however you want, if you have a company where you sell merch and do stuff like that, no shame in that game. But this lady literally has her entire face tattooed. She looks like a lizard. And she says, even though she has no money and she's never had a job, she's a mom. Someone's banged this fat tattooed sow. But she, uh, and by the way, there's hot chicks with tattoos. Our friend Joanna Angel's covered in tattoos, but they're not all over her face and her whole body. It's crazy. 800. She said she gets three a week. She got no money, but she got enough money to get three tattoos a week. I don't know where she's putting them anymore because it looks to me like every freaking possible part of her body is covered. The canvas is full. She's going to have to start covering stuff up with other tattoos. Said she's addicted. I'm like, well, you're uh, you're an idiot too because you have a self-imposed handicap on yourself that allows that prevents you from getting work because you look like a freak. Like I, you walk into that store, you're like, oh my God, there's a lizard lady behind the counter. It's stupid. This entire story is stupid. And they're like, we're supposed to have empathy for you because you did this to yourself. You, you, didn't, you don't have a disease. You, you made yourself look like a freak. And now no one wants you representing their product. I mean, what are you going to do? I guess they could hire you to like behind the scenes somewhere. But I think people think you make bad choices in life. Plus, you've never really had a job before, and you're 46 years old. That's a red flag to employers. They're like, oh, I don't think you're really serious about working. I don't think I could hire you. And you're kind of old. Insane. So anyway, if you're going to get tattoos on your face, get ready to get discriminated against and know that you did it to yourself. I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm stretch. I have no sympathy for the devil. I do not. Let's get out of here. Let's pack it up. You know what we'll do? Bring in Danger Boy Deacon for one more, and then we'll get the F out of here. Pack it up. Fat Man can go get his lunch on. It's the 4 9. The Man Entertainment Report. Right, this story absolutely blows me away. Remember the rapper Nelly? Yeah, that one song is getting hot in here. I'm about to take my clothes off, whatever the hell it was. Well, that dude just sold half of his music catalog. Not for $50, for $50 million. $50 million for half of Hot In Here. Because that's really the only song he ever had. So half of Hot In Here for $50 million. I mean, personally, I wouldn't pay $50 for any of it. But someone paid $50 million bucks. Nelly is rich as F. 
Remember the hot chick Aubrey O'Day from the band Danity Kane? It was like a girl band back in the day. They didn't do very much. She went on to be on The Celebrity Apprentice, where she says she made friends with Donald Trump Jr., who was very much married at the time. But he wanted to hook up with her, wanted to bang her. In fact, he did bang her in the bathroom of a gay bar in New York the first time. And then they continued banging for a while. They had a, a torrid affair, she says. And the entire time he was married, and now she's talking about it with that Andy Cohen douchebag, and everyone knows. So, way to go, Donald Trump Jr. If you're wondering why the beef between Elon Musk and Mark the douchebag Zuckerberg ever started in the first place, it's because Zuckerberg came out and said he was going to launch a rival to Twitter, and it was going to be called Threads, and it would be part of the meta empire, and it would be ran by a sane person accusing Musk of not being sane because he's right-wing leaning and Zuckerberg started his bastion of left winner as of today. So if you really want to get down with the left and you just can't get enough of being a sheeple, go over and get threads. Download it to your phone. See how much they spy on you. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big Fortnite. Time to go home. Time to get my lunch on. Yesterday I forgot my lunch and I had to order and I ordered uh, Postmates. I ordered Popeyes. This is what I got. Uh, Five-piece chicken strips with fries and a large Coke. $31 by the time it was all said and done. How people do that on the daily... There's people that I work with that literally order that crap every single day. I basically got about $14 worth of food for more than double the price. Like, I do not get the food delivery thing. Like, I had to do it because not only did I forget my lunch, but I didn't have my car at work yesterday. So I couldn't even run out and grab lunch. And I'm one of those places where we have a solid 30 minutes for lunch. Couldn't walk anywhere for damn sure. But, you know, once in a while you got to do it, you got to do it. $31. So you get more expensive prices on the food. So my stupid meal was like literally like $19. Then they put... So they, you know they charge you more for the food when you order through those apps. Then I had the delivery fee and the service fee, which was like another seven or eight bucks. And then they want you to tip the person, and you're like, what if they come back? I don't want them to spit my food. They'll remember, hey, that guy's an AO. He doesn't tip. So you tip another three bucks on there. It's all said and done. It's been $31 for five-piece chicken strips and french fries and a soda. That's highway robbery. Highway robbery, man. And times are hard. Who's got that kind of money? I don't have $31 a day. I could have ate at a restaurant. I could have went somewhere fancy like the Sizzler. I could have went to the Black Angus and knocked it down. Man, for $31. I mean, don't get me wrong. Popeye's is a fancy place. Very much love me some Popeye's. All right, I had to get out of here. Now I talk about this food, I'm hungry. I got to make sure I pack my lunch so I, I don't bankrupt myself tomorrow trying to order Postmates. Suck my left nut, Postmates. You blow. All right, I will be back tomorrow for the Friday Spectacular. We will also have Last Chance Radio on tomorrow. And we will also have Chase Sexton on and Dylan Ferrandez tomorrow. That is a superstar Friday of Moto. And it is all coming up for your listening pleasure tomorrow morning, 3 a.m. till noon Pacific, right here on The Stretch Show. Till tomorrow, my friends, God bless you all.
God bless the United States of America.